0: Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Quiet Part Loud podcast. You're listening to episode 130. And it seems like day 130 of this quarantine, this lockdown, uh, everything is starting to blend together the days and the weeks are starting to just form one continuous cycle uh i mean i barely know what day it is uh april has absolutely disappeared from the calendar i can't believe it's the end of april already um but there's been some nice key things throughout the week that have sort of helped anchor me in normality still and i wanted to talk to uh, kind of to some of those things, uh, during the episode today, because we don't have a guest. Uh, we've had a number of, of conversations leading up to, uh, this point, and we've got a number of conversations lined up that are being finalized. So we'll be definitely bringing you more, uh, more conversations with, you know, really cool people. And I hope you guys have liked the last, uh, few episodes that we've done. Uh, we're also going to be doing another, um, beers and box office bullshit episode. Uh probably either in the next week or two. We're just uh figuring out when we can get some time to sit down and, and drink aimlessly uh and record. So, uh we'll be bringing that as well, but obviously dropping interviews into the cycle now, it kind of decreases the amount we talk about current events, but there's still been a ton going on even in the midst of lockdown and I thought it was worth jumping on the mic and and kind of doing an episode of uh just me and you guys. So, uh there there's plenty of stuff there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh but I know that some people out there are dealing with this lockdown in many many different ways and I know some people are handling it better than others. And as I mentioned at the beginning, it's really important to anchor yourself to sort of things throughout the week. That you can get ready for or kind of prepare for or look forward to. And it doesn't just have to be exercise. Obviously, exercise is such a phenomenal one because it's something that you can base a routine around and it's something that you, you can do very frequently. So you can be consistent in that routine and then you can start to build upon that routine with other elements that keep you busy. I know a lot of people, myself included, uh, with my wife, are doing group Zoom quizzes with some of our friends and people are doing family zoom calls and and things like that but those last for you know an hour and then you've got to find something else to do and i don't advocate just sitting on the couch being a couch potato but sometimes it's okay to do that and obviously with services like netflix and amazon prime and you know the sky and virgin media and what there's so much stuff to watch right most of it's crap but there is some good stuff out there to to spend some time on and pass the time with because trying to keep yourself busy at some sort of a normal day-to-day pace of what we were used to before, it just doesn't exist. So what you're going to find yourself doing is chasing your tail and never being able to truly relax. And it's really, really important that you're able to take a step back and just say, you know what, for two hours – two and a half hours, whatever it may be, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to veg in front of the television and pass the time. Now, of course, there's people advocating out there and I would advocate the same thing. Now is the opportunity where you can learn another skill. I know not everybody is lucky enough to be in the position where, you know, they've got the freedom or peace of mind to be able to read a book or pick up an instrument or, you know, focus on some endeavor maybe that they've been putting off for some time. But for those that do, now is obviously a perfect time. We've talked about how exercise can help and, you know, you can come out of this quarantine in better shape than you went into it. And that's something you can really focus on. You can really focus on your health and your well-being, absolutely. But there's still 24 hours in the day. On a normal day, for those of us that work, you know, normal jobs, Nine, 10 hours of that day is going to be filled with just work, just stuff you're doing with work. And as the economy slows down and businesses furlough more staff and lay people off and make redundancies, the workload is going to kind of fluctuate somewhat. And there's going to be some real low periods. So that's why I say if you want to pick up a Netflix series or something like that, give yourself two hours, two and a half hours just to veg on the, on the couch. It's not the end of the world as long as you've got some balance within that week that also anchor you to things that are good for your health like exercise like you know cooking healthy food and and experimenting with with nutrition in a, in a way that maybe you haven't done before but for those that you for those of you that maybe are looking for something on Netflix or Amazon Prime to watch I wanted to run through a couple that I've been watching and I also wanted to kind of mention a couple that I don't think are really worth your time and from my first glance seem very overhyped and we'll just talk about them very very briefly but um a couple of things on the COVID watch list that I would definitely recommend one obviously is on Netflix if you haven't seen it's the Michael Jordan documentary uh The Last Dance and it is just incredible anybody that's sort of I don't know let's say 50 maybe 45, 50, down to maybe 30, we'll have an understanding of what this was, like maybe 25 if you're a sports fan, but this has really reignited the conversation about how great Michael Jordan was, but also, you know, what a, what a fierce, fierce personality he evolved into but what a powerhouse organization the Bulls were and how that organization with obviously the you know the leadership of Michael and Phil and others changed the game of basketball it's made me so nostalgic seeing Dennis Rodman and seeing Horace Grant and seeing some of those classic games of kind of Jordan versus Elo at the free throw line you know where he hits the shot at the end like just some amazing amazing moments The only disappointing thing, but if you haven't seen it, it doesn't really matter to you. The only disappointing thing for me is that they're only releasing two a week because Netflix have it in conjunction with ESPN and ESPN are only releasing two episodes per week. So therefore Netflix have to, which really it it's good and it's bad, right? It gives you something to look forward to in this time where we're stuck at home and maybe we need something to look forward to. But also I want to binge all 10 episodes immediately because it's so good. And even if you don't have a reference, if you're younger and you're listening to this podcast, or if you've never watched basketball, if you're from the UK and it's never really kind of taken your fancy, but you know Michael Jordan, this is a different look in. This is such a candid Michael Jordan in some in some points of the of the interviews and some behind the scenes stuff that you've never seen before. It's uh it's really, really, really well done. Um, and I highly, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, the Last Dance. Um, another thing to watch on Netflix, there's a few comedy specials out. One is Chris Dalia's um, called No Pain, I think. Um, the other one is uh, Tom Segura. His is called Ball Hog. Uh, those are both fucking hilarious and definitely, definitely worth an hour of your time to just to bring some levity into your life and have a laugh. Um, if you've never heard of either of those guys, perfect chance to check them out they both got multiple specials on netflix so give those guys uh give those guys a watch um the other thing that i've been watching and we need comedy right we need laughter in this time where everything on the news cycle is covid covid corona corona death rate death toll you know all of this stuff is just overwhelming us between the covid coverage and constantly having to be on zoom calls all the time Why not use this time, you know, outside of those things to bring some laughter in? So my next recommendation is another comedy uh, watch, but this one's on YouTube. So the comedy store have set up a number of video calls of video events where they get multiple comedians to come on together, I think four at a time, and they just sit there and talk for a couple of hours. And obviously, you know, you get four comedians just chatting. You're going to get some pretty hilarious shit. And they've got people on there again, like Chris D'Elia with Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. Whitney Cummings, I think, is hosting the whole thing. Um, And I watched the one the other day. It had had D'Elia, it had Bobby Lee, it had Andrew Santino, and it had Tim Dillon on it. So, I mean, this is just free content, and they're doing this because the donations that you can make during the event will go to support the staff and the paid regular comedians at the comedy store who are having a really, really tough time of it right now. So, that's another one to watch, and then, I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but, the uh, so Swiss Beats and Timberland started this thing called the Versus Battle, and what they're doing... Again, this is on YouTube. What they're doing is they're bringing two producers together. So they'll bring... Uh, who did they have? They had... Um, who was it? Little John and Manny Fresh? Or was it somebody else? I can't remember. They've done a bunch of them. Right? You've probably seen them by now. They did... Uh, I think Swiss Beats and Timberland did one. Uh, Scott Storch did one with... Uh, God, I can't remember who. Uh, the RZA's been on it. Fuck, like... um, And then they had Babyface and Teddy Riley on it. And this thing got millions and millions of views and millions and millions of streams. And it's just basically a split screen on Instagram Live that's played on YouTube. And it's them taking turns in sort of a battle format, playing their beats that they've produced over the years. So obviously these are legendary producers that have made every single hit that every single person has listened to in the last 40 years. Basically, if you go back, you know, with Babyface and Teddy Riley all the way up to the, you know, the current people that they've got on there, you get every hit of like the last, yeah, like probably 30 years or if if not more, I don't even know. Um, But they're fantastic. I wish the audio quality was a little better, but if you're a music fan and if you're an urban music fan, if you like hip hop, if you like R&B, then you will absolutely love these and you've probably already heard of them if, uh, if you're a fan of those genres of music. The other thing that I wanted to do, and this will probably be met with some, what the fuck are you talking about, Daryl? How the hell could you even think that? But I wanted to pop a couple of things on my not to watch list also, because I've checked a couple of these out and they're just, I mean, watch them if you want, like do what you want, but I think they're either overhyped, overproduced, or just not very interesting. Um, But the first one was obviously a global phenomenon for about a week, which was Tiger King. And I watched it, and by the end of it, I couldn't wait for it to finish. I mean, it's really just a, you know, a blown-up version of a Jerry Springer episode. It's a bunch of redneck hicks, They shouldn't be allowed to own these animals in the first place doing what redneck hicks do, you know, fuck each other over, do weird shit, like, fucking, anyways, I don't even, I'm not even gonna review it, obviously, because everybody in the world has probably seen it by now, but I thought it was completely overhyped, and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, don't waste your time, um, you can get everything you need from a trailer. Listen, Carol Baskin's not dead. They make it seem like that in the trailer. She's not dead. um, she probably killed her husband and fed him to a tiger, which is why everybody now is so cool wearing a fucking carol baskin t shirt like it's some like it's just stupid, but anyways, you can give that one a miss. There is nothing special in that other than the fact that some girl who is um one of the workers at the Lions. Uh, at one of the zoos at Joe Exotic Zoo gets her arm ripped off. That's the best thing of the whole of the whole series in my opinion. Um so the other one I started to watch a couple of days ago. I think it's been on Sky Now for about a week maybe two. And it's called The Gangs of London. And I never watched Peaky Blinders but apparently a couple of folks from that show are in this one and it's got a lot of budget behind it and a lot of expectations behind it let me tell you something okay when you do a pilot episode when you drop the first one there's a couple of key things that you have to absolutely nail right one the opening scene tick tick they nailed it okay I was in I was like what is this fucking show this is gonna be a wild ride and maybe it will be Okay, but after that, fucking flatline the characters are so boring. Apart from one black dude who is some like John Wick type of fighting <laughs> expert and just whoops the fucking shit out of everybody, and that happens. I think two or three times in the first episode so you get like this spike of adrenaline when you're watching this guy fuck everybody up but then there's just this interaction and maybe they're trying to build the history maybe they're trying to build the story and the characters and all of that but I found none of them interesting none of them enticing and I don't know maybe that comes but your job on the first episode is to suck me in it's to suck me in and i got none of it the fight scenes were cool the opening scene was really really good there's some decent cinematography but the actors oh my god and the and the the dialogue is just just like like so bad now i could have overlooked all of this and given the second and third and maybe even the fourth episode a try except for the fact That the first episode is almost an hour and a half long. You cannot, under any circumstances, in in my humble opinion, have a pilot episode, a show that nobody's seen, obviously, because it's the fucking pilot episode, but it an hour and a half? It's the it's the length of a feature film. And you're doing what? Character building? and throwing a couple of fight scenes in. No thanks, I'm out. Now there's a slim slim chance that I might check out episode 2 if there's absolutely nothing on. But you cannot throw an hour and what was it? An hour and 25 minutes as a first episode? Sorry, I didn't mean to bang the desk there. I'm not getting I'm not getting pissed. Um You can't throw that at me as episode one. You just can't. You got to be quick hitting. You got to make that episode... You got to make that episode an hour. 55 minutes. You got to do that. Bang. Knock it out. Condense all the talking, all the drab, slow bullshit that that episode was absolutely full of. I don't know who they think they are, like the Godfather 2. You have no credibility yet. Build to that. Build to that. But I'm not going to get there. So in my opinion... (laughs) after a lengthy dump all over that show, you can give that one a miss. And I'm sure my, uh, my friend that I do the film podcast with will have something else to say about that, but we'll check it out. Uh, and we'll see what he has to say. Um, now, the other thing to give a miss to was on YouTube, I believe. It was this Musicians from Home for Charity thing that Lady Gaga uh, organized. I mean, what a load of self-congratulatory bullshit that was. What a virtue signaling opportunity for all of those narcissistic attention whores. (laughs) I mean, I watched Post Malone. I don't even think it was on the same thing, but I watched Post Malone do a Nirvana tribute. And I watched about 30 seconds of it because when he came out in a fucking house dress that was made for somebody called Mildred back in 1927, I was like, I'm out. This motherfucker's not cool. I don't care about his musical talent or whatever. His vibe is all fucked up and I'm not with it. I'm not with it. I'm not with it when you think you can just walk around in a moo as a skinny dude with tattoos on his face. That doesn't play as cool for me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know shit. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm completely out of touch. I don't know. But I was out. But I don't want to see. I saw clips. Because everybody was self-congratulatory. And sharing it. And everybody was saying. Oh how emotional it was. You know. You know what's not virtue signaling? Captain Tom walking in his backyard. And raising 30 million pounds. That's what's not virtue signaling. These musicians have the capital. To do some real help if they want to they could make and affect some real change. And I'm sure, because I don't have a list in front of me, that some of them are. But people who just come on to sing a song, to raise some money, this is not fucking live aid, just seems like virtue signaling to me. And again, maybe I'm wrong, but the wealth that was on that live stream could have made some real financial impact to people who really, really needed it. And it would have been a lot more than the 20 million that they raised or whatever it was. So you could skip that too. I mean, that goes like with the Gal Gadot fucking Imagine video. I mean, they didn't even raised money for that, I don't think. That was really virtue signaling like they gave a shit. And people say, I've heard people say, well, virtue signaling is just a natural part of being a human being. No, it's not. It's a natural part of being an asshole. When you do things to make it seem like you care, but you're actually not doing anything, that's virtue signaling. When you actually appear like you're affected by a situation, but you're not, but you pretend to do something and care, but don't actually do anything, that's virtue signaling. I'm sure that's not a very eloquent definition of what people think virtue signaling is, but that's how I think of it. So when I see celebrities with no makeup on, thinking that they give a f- like that they make a difference, that's just taking the piss to me. And I've got no time for that. So if you haven't seen the Imagine video, don't worry about it. You're not missing anything other than a few celebrities acting like, um, you know, self indulgent pricks. So I just don't like when people pretend to do something when they have the means to do something. It's like Jeff Bezos gave like apparently gave a hundred million away for, uh, for this COVID response. And that's the same as me giving like a tenner away. Like it doesn't mean anything. Give a billion dollars, right? Give a billion away. That means something. People need to take responsibility for the position in life and actually do something. It's like when I see comedians take the t- take the low road when they're challenged on something. It's um like just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you don't have bias, and just because you're a, like a comedian doesn't equal idiot. I constantly hear that from today's comedians saying, you know, they're they're more than just their jokes or you know they're trying to be um self-aware or they're trying to be uh politically um uh politically competent politically literate whatever but then the moment like they're on these big platforms right they have all these fucking listeners and and i love them for it because i'm one of them right i listen to a ton of these things but when they get challenged on something they say well i'm just a comedian what the fuck do i know don't take your advice from me don't listen to what i've got to say I'm just here talking shit, and that's such a cop out, because everybody knows that's not the case. So stop pretending like they don't have biases. And I've mentioned Cristalio on this episode before. uh, Earlier, he's one of them. He's one of them. Joe Rogan's another one, and I love both of those guys, but both of those guys cop out. And I think even Lex Friedman called them out when he was talking to um, Eric Weinstein. Just saying like, Joe takes the easy path and doesn't really like lean into that stuff. And I agree. I agree. I can't remember the exact quote of exactly what he said, but it was something to that effect. And I just think, no, like we know you're competent. We know you have biases. We know you have thoughts and opinions on something, but they're so worried about losing their audience. And maybe I'll be the same way. If my audience continues to grow and the people continue to listen to this show, maybe I'll get more tiptoey before I say something I don't know I can't see myself doing that because if I did that it wouldn't be what I started this for I'm not one of these Dave Rubin characters or you know one of these people who you know uh lean into left versus right politics too much I call people out on their character more than anything and I'll call people of all sides and all colors and cre. it doesn't matter your character is what matters. Your behavior is what matters. And I just think I can't see myself kind of copping out like that. Like I never really sit on the fence about things. Sometimes I say, I don't know. If I don't know, I don't know. But if I have a feeling about something, I, I, I've never been one to shy away from saying what my opinion is on things. That's why some people like me. That's why some people hate me. But that's okay. But maybe if I had 70 70 grand riding on every single time I spoke, maybe I would be a little bit more conscientious about what I said. Who knows? I just think it. I just think if you're challenged on something, you should own up to it. If you said something, don't say, "Oh, I said it." But what the like? If you're taking your law advice from me, I don't know shit. If if you're taking your like, okay. Maybe you shouldn't be saying it to 100 million people then. You know? Like, I don't mind that he comes out and says, uh, Rogan comes out and says, what the fuck are the Democrats thinking? Joe Biden's got dementia. That's honest. That's honest. But if you get challenged on it, just lean into it. And I can't remember exactly what the subject was that I heard him talking about the other day. Um, but he, he did that old thing that he does sometimes where he says, well, don't get your advice of whatever kind it was from me, or don't get your like political information from me. Right. (coughs) And it's like, well, you've interviewed presidential candidates. And if you weren't somewhat competent in the political system and politically literate, literate. Why would you have those guys on in the first place? So anyways, anyways, little rant, little rant. I don't know. Maybe I will be different. Maybe I will be different when this thing, you know, starts making me significant revenue. If this thing starts making me significant revenue ever. Not that that's why I'm doing it. That's definitely not why I started it. That's definitely not why I do it. And that's definitely not why I continue to do it. I just want to be able to have a platform that people listen to so that I can attract interesting people so I can have fun conversations with them. Because we've done like, what, seven interviews now or something like that? Six interviews? I don't know. Um, And I've got like four more lined up already. And again, I'm my own booking agent, right? And I'm my own kind of personal assistant. Um, But we've got some really cool ones lined up. We've got some really cool ones lined up. And I'm not going to say anything about them right now, but... Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then we just keep it rolling from there. But who knows? Maybe if I had 70,000 riding on this episode or <coughs> 10,000 or 5,000 riding on this episode, maybe I would be a bit more conscientious about what I said. As Nino Brown said, money talks and bullshit runs the marathon. New Jack City reference. So, Kim Jong-un might be dead, huh? Or is he just, like, gone on vacation to recover from heart surgery? Nobody knows. I saw this on the news the other day. Only because I look at things like Reuters. It came up on BBC later on. But I don't even know what kind of power vacuum that might create in that country. Apparently, his sister would be next in line but they've never had a female head of state that succession uh lineage is supposed to go boy to boy to boy but I don't think there's any more boys left unless they go somewhere that's not directly um a, a, like direct descendant like or a a child of um the previous leader I don't know a ton about North Korean politics all I know is you know a bit about what kind of shit show it is over there um I know that there's been some controversy with China recently and that they haven't been the best of friends of China. Um, I'm not terribly sure who they're aligned with the most. I mean, it is China still, obviously. I think they take 90% of their trade. Um, There may be some Russian influence there. I'm not sure, but it's going to be very, very interesting and precarious times uh, in that region, I think, if he is dead. Um, But they said they spotted a train by one of his, like... Lake resorts, like palaces that he has. I think there's like twenty of them around the country that he has. And they saw his private train there. So who knows? Who knows? But uh interesting times. Donald Trump took the opportunity to say that if he wasn't president, they'd be at at war uh with North Korea at the moment. Probably not true. Probably not true, cause posturing, you know, North Korea posturing. Um it would take two hours to decimate that country back to the stone age with the kind of arsenal that America has. It was never going to happen. That's not why like they're just, they're peacocking when they're firing missiles, they're peacocking. They've never hit anybody. If they wanted to hit somebody, they would have hit somebody, right? Easier ways to start a war than firing missiles into the, uh, Into the ocean. But again, I'm not a North Korean expert, so shut my fucking mouth. The other thing that we just had to mention was this disinfectant nonsense that's been going on in the US. Now, normally, if I was to hear something that stupid, I would just say, well, everybody will just look at this guy for the completely unhinged person that he is. But then I would, I would think, I think to myself, well, that would have happened three years ago. And he would never have gotten in as the president of the United States. Because if you knew Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form, you knew... He was not fit for purpose. The stress of this job seems to be getting to him a little bit. Now, on multiple occasions during these press conferences, he has melted down. For lack of a better word, had a tantrum. Where he lashes out like a five-year-old child who's not getting to play with the toys that he wants. And started calling people names, again, nothing new, but he's being a lot more overt with it. He's called for liberation of these states, and caused these morons to come out in their droves on the street, and basically be hugging each other. And we know now that I think it was South Carolina, or some fucking, some state, where he called them to liberate, the leader of their quote-unquote liberation movement to come outdoors, they got COVID. I don't think they've died from it, but they've definitely got it. From the reports that I'm seeing, and again, you can trust the media as far as you can throw one of the buildings they're housed in, but that's the report I read. I mean, if you need a definition of irony, that is a definition of irony, but when I hear him say things like, couldn't we look at the disinfectant thing? I've seen that gets rid of it just like that. Couldn't we look at something, you know, something in, um, you know, like an injection, like he has no prepared thoughts on these topics whatsoever whatsoever. Because disinfectant and injection is not something that any medical professional would ever consider as a treatment, right? Would you ever think, who, 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 who could ever think that something that you could clean your floors with should go into your body? I mean, you'd think nobody. But then you just rewind a little bit, and you remember that not t- in the not-too-distant past, people were eating Tide Pods. They were eating laundry detergent in little plastic bubbles as a challenge, and poisoning themselves. So yeah, America. Right? I mean, I wouldn't worry about things like this, except America because over and over again they've been in lockdown for what? 3 weeks and they're going absolutely ape shit because some fat hick has to get her hair dyed? Are you kidding me? Does America need to be working again? 100%. Does the UK need to be working again? 100%. But it's a virus that doesn't have a vaccine. Or a treatment yet. You only just have to get it. And hope it doesn't kill you. But Americans. And increasingly people in the UK as well. Because I can see it when I go outside. There's more traffic on the roads. People are not willing to exercise. The level of patience required. To maintain this. Downward trajectory that we're trying to stay on. If we're even there yet. Which I highly, highly doubt. But people don't even have the patience. Can't even exercise. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. You know what's worse? Dying. You know what's worse? Feeling like you're drowning all day. And all night. Get one of your fat friends to sit on your chest. And try to breathe. Now take some dried-up cereal and pour it in your mouth with your fat friend on your chest and try to breathe. That's what I've heard this feels like when you're breathing. But yeah, go hang out. Get your ass outside. Go hug a friend. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yes, there's going to be casualties of this war for sure. That is a terribly, terribly unfortunate outcome. Many, many people have already died. That is a terrible, terrible outcome. The blame is to be cast elsewhere. After this is all done and dusted and we are in a place where we have a vaccine, where we have medication that can help treat the the symptoms of this. But that's not now. And I'm not going to be lined up at my GP's door for the first wave of this vaccine either, because when they when I hear scientists say a vaccine sometimes can take up to ten years to develop and test safely, and they're thinking about rolling this thing out in a year, hmm, I'm a little bit skeptical about its efficacy. So maybe we'll need to have a look at some of the um, some of the first people that take this to see how they get on with it over the course of a year or so because i'm not just going to line up for some doctor to inject me with something i don't know anything about i'm not anti-vaccine at all but i'm also not a complete moron just to let people start shooting me up with shit this hydroxychloroquine that they were telling people that could be this cure, started giving people heart attacks in in America, apparently. So, you know, maybe we could exercise some more patience. Maybe we could uh, think about some of the long-term consequences of this. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm okay with staying at home and sacrificing for a little bit. I'm okay with that. Because if we don't take care of this now, it will certainly come back worse than it is now. And if you look at the state of play now, you cannot 10x this. You cannot 10x this. A 10x of this, a 3x of this, a 2x of this would be catastrophic for most countries, most businesses. Full stop. And we are already going towards a major, major recession that we don't have a clue about yet. The government thinks they can just throw all of this money, all of these different places, and some of it is absolutely needed. But we're already seeing a corruption in this process by some of the major companies around that are taking advantage of this when this money needs to sustain people so they don't go destitute and homeless When I see EasyJet getting 600 million quid as a bailout, when I see Richard Branson, this fucking billionaire who dodges taxes, who sued the NHS, this is his resume. I don't give a fuck that he owns an airline or a railway or an internet company. He's got money for decades. He should not be asking for a bailout. He should not be asking for this money because this money will be paid back by us. So that can't be allowed to continue to happen. These fucking people that are sitting on their ivory t- in their ivory towers, protected from all the consequences that normal people on the street are having to deal with during this crisis, They said, I said, I reported this a long time ago. I said this a long, long time ago. Now it's just a stat that's thrown around. But most people in the UK can't afford an emergency of over 1,000 pounds to hit them once, or they're fucked. In America, it was something like, 80% 80% of people or 60% of people in America couldn't afford an emergency that was more than $400. It might have been something crazy, like 90% of people in America couldn't afford an emergency for $400. Don't quote me on the percentages, just quote me on the context of what I'm saying. A 1,000 makes most people bankrupt, out-of-pocket broke. In America, it's 400 Now you're telling me these people get laid off. And you want 600 million quid to go to fucking EasyJet? Get out of here. Richard Branson's got the audacity to come crawling with his fucking hands out. Asking for some please, please, please. Absolutely not. This needs to protect people. These councils have been sitting on millions for a month and not one notice comes through my door about any relief in terms of council tax or whatever whatever there has not been any 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 forthcoming generosity or benevolence from anybody in the government that i can see so far this process has been lagged it's been delayed it's been ill-conceived it was too late in the coming in the first place absolute shit show the whole thing And now we're seeing the corruption of this process because these big institutions are asking for bailouts. Airbus, right? Airbus furloughing 3,200 people. HSBC today are announcing 32,000 staff are gone. How is it that some of these corporations, after a month of not doing business, are in such bad shape? This is what needs to be taken a look at. This is, who, this is who needs to be held account. It's not the person on fucking minimum wage that's getting social assistance that now has nothing and maybe has a couple of kids that can't help even feed them. People are in that position too. So yeah, on the beginning of the podcast, I talk about watching some Netflix and doing some exercise and learning how to cook and picking up the piano like I have. But there's people who are wondering how their heat's going to stay on. So when I hear things like HSBC are cutting all these jobs and EasyJet are asking for this much uh, financial assistance and bailout money and Richard Branson wants this amount of tax cuts and uh, Victoria Beckham and David Beckham are uh, using taxpayer money to furlough their staff and not using any of their own personal wealth. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys because that money is going to be needed. Not so much now, although yes, it is needed now. But in the coming months, that money is going to be absolutely imperative for people's financial survival. It's 100% guaranteed. <coughs> we are walking towards a financial cliff and it is potentially like get a game changer for a ton of people. They're talking about 30% unemployment in America 20 plus percent in the uk are you crazy have you ever heard of what the day, the great depression was like don't worry about lining up at a grocery store and it taking an hour for you to get into the store or 20 minutes for you to get into the store so you can go and get stuff think about when you get in that store there isn't stuff what happens then you got no stockpiles you've got no preparation you've got no savings the fuck have you been doing some people don't have the opportunity i know that i'm not necessarily talking to you if you're listening to this particular part but just imagine if these supply chains get disrupted and we go into a depression things shut down there is no production There's no more production because there's no more workers because people can't be paid. So things grind to a halt. That is a completely different scenario. We are not in a panic scenario. So people who have problems with social distancing or staying inside need to fucking man up a little bit and relax because this thing could be and may get a whole lot worse. And if you're not ready for that, what the fuck are you going to do when... Version two comes. And again, I don't want to be this disaster, fear-mongering asshole. I'm just saying the reality of the situation is such that around the world we see nothing but incompetence from our leaders, from our governments, from our institutions. When there is some semblance of normality or benevolence or 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 help and assistance given out, we see the corruption of the process by these. Big conglomerate corporations sucking it up. Well, how come how come they need to do that? Can we have a look at finances? Can we have a look at things like that? Can we make these massive payouts on a case-by-case basis? Do we fucking need EasyJet? Do we need them? What happens if they collapse? Who gives a fuck? If Virgin Atlantic and Virgin Media close down and virgin trains close down, who gives a fuck? We'll figure it out. But bailing out these billionaire cocksuckers, and it's not their wealth I'm pissed at. It's their behavior. It's completely unacceptable. And bailing them out is also unacceptable. And I'm not taking this leader of industry, and we are the ones that make the economy work, bullshit. Because at the slightest drop of disaster, we've been in this thing a month, maybe two. Call it two on the outside. And most of these companies are crumbling. What kind of institutions are these in the first place? This money needs to go to the people that desperately need it the most. And those are the ones that can't feed their family. So. Don't you wish I had a guest on now? (laughs) That's it for me, guys. That's episode 130. Stay safe. Have patience. Check out my watch list. Check out my don't-watch list if you want to. But stay safe, be patient, and take care of each other. And uh, we'll be back next week with episode 131 that may have a guest or may not. I'm not entirely sure yet, but we'll figure it out. So you can check us out on uh, Twitter, which is at QuietPartLoud. You can subscribe and download the shows on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, PodChaser, uh pretty much everywhere you can grab a podcast so um so we'd love your support rate let us know comment all that good stuff guys and uh and we'll see you real soon so until next time all the best